like it, let's crack on. Welcome to uh, episode two of the Maladjusted Monkeys. I'm Tommy Archer, and we are currently sitting in the Tidy Whities Cafe in Ipswich. Our usual studio is currently unavailable this week, so um, massive thanks to Andrew you know, for allowing us to... Well, we were meant to drink coffee, but we're <laughs> a stein in, and we got a couple of... Did you get a rum and coke? No, no, I'm going a beer, because I'd okay. be gone in about Well, we got seconds. a beer and a rum and coke on the way, so... For Andrew for allowing us to uh, drink piss and uh, talk smack in his cafe on a Saturday afternoon. And I'm finally joined today by my co-host of the Maladjusted Monkeys, Shane. Welcome. Cheers, mate. It's good to be here. Yeah, mate. Finally good to have you here. Yeah. Now, obviously, episode one, you couldn't make it because of work commitments and stuff like that, so you weren't able to sit in mm. um, and interview Jace. But I'm sure you've had a chance to listen to the episode. Yeah, man. Like, uh, it was very lucky, actually, when it came out. Because at the time, uh, I was having a really crappy week. And then when you messaged me to say it was out, and I, I almost didn't really want to listen to it because I was nervous. I was like, oh, God, how's this going to run? How's this going to go? But, I didn't want to listen to it. I was fucking yeah, yeah. nervous putting it out there. <laughs> but um, like once I did, because I, I was having a shitty week, and I was out with the in-laws. But once I listened to it, it kind of just like uh, it reminded me that like why we're kind of do- doing this and getting into it. And it... Um, you know, being able to um, identify with a lot of what Jace was saying as well. It's like, that's right. Like, I'm, it, you know, got me out of my head. So yep. it really, um, it really, um, yeah, help, like helped me. So hopefully it will. Um, well, I've heard like everyone that's listened to episode one so far, I think we're up to like 60 something downloads at the moment. And a lot of people after listening to it either message me or call me or see mm. me at work. And like the good feedback and the first thing they always say is they can't believe Jason's story and like the shit yeah. he's been through. So, um, but the next question everyone asks me is like, why, you know, why the podcast, why are we doing this? Um, which is probably why this episode is important because we weren't able to discuss it in episode one. Um, but you know, why the maladjusted monkeys? Yeah. So I th- oh, well, it's, it's been something that's been in the works, I think for a long time. Um, mm. going back to when we first met, like we always kind of, uh, wanted to start something like this, but never really had a topic to, well, we did uh, the first thing we tried was, <laughs> um, a movie review Well, not even a YouTube channel. It was just, we put two GoPros in your car, drove yeah. around and talked shit. <laughs> um, Essentially what Jerry Seinfeld stole. Yeah. So Jerry yeah. Seinfeld stole that now, obviously. Yeah. Um, so that was unsuccessful, but yeah, you're right. It started when... Well, we didn't even get it. We didn't post it. We didn't do anything with it. So it was We never, just filmed us on the it lunch was never, break. Yeah, it was, around. it was never going anywhere. Yeah. But I guess the reason we started this, for, for me anyway, you know, to recap the last couple of years, you know, you and me have known each other since um, our time in the military. Obviously, we did the Afghan trip in 2012. And then 2013, we discharged. Mm-hmm. And I went straight into the police after that. And... What did you do? Well, you went the easy route, and then I did something a little bit more um, strenuous. I I became a a postie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) out in the front lines, you know. Well, I'm dealing with magpies and uh, abusive old women. It was. uh, Well, I could tell you're stressed because I remember calling you once, and you're like, "I'm just at work at the moment." Oh, sorry, mate. You got time to talk? Yeah, I'll just pull over and have a smoke. So yeah, like I do remember how stressful you were at the time. But yeah, also you went the postie route. I went the police. And uh, probably from that time, it took me a little while to realise, probably a year after we left, that I, I didn't feel right. Something, something felt off mm. from leaving the army. 
eventually went and saw a psychologist maybe a year and a half after leaving the army and yeah well i think i can i can remember a time i think even before you went and saw someone that um you know uh, someone called me up and was saying that you were having a hard time and i think i remember having a conversation with you and like you just didn't quite know what was going on or why and yeah we you know at the time you didn't refuse to think anything's wrong with you yeah but yeah. when everyone else is telling you that um Hey, you're acting like a bit of a dick. <laughs> and you seem angry all the time. Thanks, mate. Our rum and coke has just arrived. Thanks, Clint. If I knew the rums were going to be that big, I would have gotten one. Cheers, mate. We're going to leave the, have to leave the car here. Thanks, mate. Um, yeah, then... So I went and saw a psychologist and then, you know, sit down with them. Okay, so tell me a bit about yourself. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'd say I was in the army. Oh, did you go over to Afghanistan? Yeah, I did. Oh, well, PTSD, straight up. Yeah. And I'm like, eh, that doesn't... I never really bought that. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, but I went with it at the time, and then you know, months passed, years passed, relationship issues, poor choices, just feeling angry all the time. Every day was different. Feel up, down. Mm. It's probably only the last few months. Uh, I spoke to another psychologist, and maybe I don't know because I'm getting older, I'm starting to understand myself a bit more. I'm starting to realise that you know there may be another issue with. Um, modern veterans these days where, yeah. where you know PTSD is this label that gets thrown out to anyone who's served in the military or been overseas but for me it just feels like I'm starting to understand that it's, it's like an identity crisis yeah yeah. You know, do, do you feel like yeah that's 100% because yeah. um, I, I went through the same thing like once we both discharged and I, uh, I moved home to Harvey Bay for a short period of time um, and then moved back up to Brisbane with my partner Riding around the posty bike, killing it. Um, but yeah, something just wasn't quite right. Like, um, didn't know what it was. And same thing, I really did, did, didn't think to go and see anyone or, or whatever. Just drink a little bit more and she'll be right. And um, Well, I remember, like, after we got back from Afghan, there was that time where, you know, we were still in. You had a room on base. Ah, uh, yes. And every morning I'd rock up to work yeah. at 7 a.m., come up to your room, and there'd be a bottle of empty Jamisons there. You hadn't slept. <laughs> I'm kind of waking you from a, somewhat of a slumber there. Well, it was pretty lucky that you and the um, you, Kurt, and, and Vitz would, would come to my room before work. So I think I, at the time I was the only one living on. And, um, yeah, there were quite a few times where... You guys had to even put me in the shower and shave me and yeah. almost half carry me down yeah. to work. Mainly mainly just the face. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I appreciate the, the touch up <laughs> in the other in the other regions. No worries, mate. But yeah, like we'd you know, have to wake you up and yeah. drag, drag you down um, down to the parade grounds and basically say, Hey, wake up, you gotta go to work. Yeah, and yeah. Like, and that'd be every day. Yeah, it wasn't uh, it wasn't great and then um, then yeah, once I got out again, like it was, it was kind of even worse because you did no longer had that uh, that uh, the thing that thing in the military where it's like you know you got no option, you're going to work. Like mm. it's, it's a lot easier to call in sick once you're a civvy again. And well, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and um, so once I moved back to Brisbane, gone with the posty gig, started. Uh, drinking even more heavily and after a few months um i kind of come to a realization that i need to get to brisbane for a while which is when i moved to gundawindi and with my partner where where she was from and um did, did a transfer out there and i started up with uh, the auxiliary fireys out there as well and kind of 
somewhat sort of my life had a little bit. I started seeing a therapist out there. Uh, didn't have very many sessions. Same thing again, like latched on. Like as soon as I said I was in the army and I'd, I'd, I'd done a trip to Afghanistan, kind of latched onto that and wasn't really what I was kind of going there for. Like yeah. even at that time I knew like one of the things that kept was reoccurring in my head was like, what, what's the point of life? What am I doing with myself? What am I meant to be doing? You know, um, like an existential crisis, really. Yeah. Um, and then I think um, I think we may have talked about this past, but like uh, a couple of books that I'd read, like I think it's Sebastian Junger's uh, Tribe, and uh, oh, I can't remember his first name, but it's uh, something. Someone Brown. He was an ex-cav officer, uh, long shadow of Anzac, and they both kind of touch on that. Um, the tribe mentality of, you know, living in such close quarters with, with other blokes uh, for such a long time and to then come back into kind of normal society and then kind of, uh, I don't know, negotiate your way yeah. through dealing with, with, with people in a, in a, how would you put it? Like, it's a completely different way. Like, we, you know, you'd swear and curse at each other and you'd, you'd, you'd talk to each other a certain way, but when you're... Like you go well, to City Street, it's not the same. Yeah, you think about it like going back to you know, that tribe mentality. Mm. So take our careers in the army. It was pretty short lived. It was only just over four years, yeah. really. Well, that's not a normal four years. No. So if you want to talk about the tribe culture and everything, for four years, we're in the infantry, you're training every day, talking about ambushing enemy, killing the enemy, going to Afghanistan, doing your job, you're working in small teams. When you finish work, that's not. It, you're still hanging out no, with each other. No, You know, the, even the training we do is, looking back at it now, it's very strange. You don't even realise till after you get out, you look back at it. What's normal about doing the bayonet assault course, <laughs> running up to a target, yelling, in, out, in, out, stabbing it repeatedly, going, on guard, and then running to the next target while people are throwing smoke grenades on around you. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, and then eventually we do our, we do our time, we do our trip overseas, we come back, we get out, and they're like, righto, uh, thanks for your time, uh, Go be normal again. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, you've just been talking about killing and that, that alpha male culture. Yeah. I mean, and I kind of want to make it a, a little bit clear, like, it's not as if, you know, especially while, like, even when we're in, we're in Afghanistan, you know, you, you're in firefights every day. I mean, I only got into, like, two ticks, you know. It's two more than me, mate. <laughs> it's two more than me. But, you know, um, the whole time you're over there, you've got Tim Tams and... and uh, you know, you can call your family, there's phones, there's internet. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not, it, it's a weird, it's a weird place. It's it's hard to describe it to, to someone who hasn't gone over there because even though you have all these little creature comforts, you, um, at the same time, I mean, because we lost uh, one of our good mates while mm. we were over there. Um, yep. And then two other, in the same attack, two others died. Um, so... Even though you, you feel relatively safe while you're over there, while you're in the patrol bases and whatnot, um, there's still that very real threat of of uh, of dying. But when you come home, like I mean, for myself, I didn't feel like I kind of even earned my gongs or. No, well, that, I think that's the another issue is we the modern soldier we compare ourselves to the Anzacs mm. so much, you know, Gallipoli and everything like that. So a deployment these days. Seems so easy, but uh, you know, even though our trip we look at it and go, oh, it's, you know, relatively easy, easy for a normal person going over there, that'd be stressful out. But we, yeah, we joke every day. You're joking yeah. about, it, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, how many times would you, 
I'd see you. I'd yeah. be like, Clubby, you're still alive, mate. You're doing well. Was... I didn't expect you to last this long in the war. <laughs> well, what was the last thing we'd always, we always said we'd say, like, the last, uh, what's the what's worst, worst that could happen? happen? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm about to roll out of base. I'm like, I'll see you next time. You're like, remember, what's the worst that could happen? I'm yeah. Like, yeah, true. So, like, so with all of that, you, you, the black humour, the way you'll talk about things, the, the things that you have to kind of, that become normal to you, and then you come back... And um, I mean, well, a good example of it is once I did move to Gundawindi, there was a, um, I was working in the post office there and there was a, there was myself and the, the manager at the back and there was also a, a part-timer who was semi-retired. And so, you know, he's just earning a bit of extra cash to yep. go, like to help fund his caravan trips around Australia. And um, so he, it, all the morning we'd have to sort out a big miscellaneous bucket of mail. And if he didn't know where some of them went, He'd just throw it in a bucket for us to sort out later. And I'm like, well, if you just ask us where, you know, oh, where, where, what, where does this go? Oh, you know, we'll tell you. And eventually you'll pick it up and, yep. you know, it just saves, it saves me a bit of time, saves everyone a bit of time, you know, bit of teamwork, bit of camaraderie, yep. you know. Yep. <laughs> and he's like, you know, he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And, he kept, he, and then he just kept fucking doing it. And then I, I snapped, like, and I'm yelling at, like, a 65-year-old semi-retired bloke who, like, doesn't really give a fuck and but it's like if you're not going to do it properly then fuck off back to your school <laughs> grab your shit <laughs> fuck off did the knife hands come out oh uh, they would have probably i don't remember mm. but um yeah i think that was probably the first real indication of me that like i was struggling a little bit with assimilation back into <laughs> well i had a similar thing when i went through the police academy because i went we went straight from discharge mm. i went straight in the academy almost and it's same thing, you know, we're in the army, we're doing PT every day, obstacle course, running and webbing, holding, you know, your gut and running yeah. around and then go to the police academy and the fitness standard is, you know, compared to that is pretty fucking easy. And I'm yeah, actually at the time you were doing the academy, I remember uh, there was a, I went and sat in a dunny, a public dunny, there happened to be a newspaper in there and the front page was a headline saying cotton wool cops. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I want to know why you're in a public dunny sitting down. That's, um, more importantly, I'd like to know what the fuck you're doing taking shit at public dunny, but well, episode three, that'll be. But yeah, we're at the... I don't know how else you're going to touch us. Anyway. Yeah, who reads newspapers anymore? Um, yeah, so we're at the police academy, we're doing like the fitness tests and... It was that environment where, you know, in the army, if someone couldn't make the cut, you beast them mm. until they either quit yeah. or they make the cut. Yeah. Whereas at the police academy, it was different where you're in a squad and someone failed like doing push-ups or the obstacle course. So everyone bands around them and supports them and they do it again and everyone claps them. And I'm like, don't fucking fuck him. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I won't say what I was going to say. If this dude can't fucking make it, I'm like, fuck him. Fuck him off. And everyone looked at me like I was a psycho. I was like, Jesus, what's wrong with you people? Yeah, I'm like, yeah. fuck this guy. And then, uh, actually, I didn't realise it then that I had a problem. I still, <laughs> I still thought I was in the right. But now, three or four years on, now I realise, hey, maybe you could have handled that differently. Maybe I could have, instead of knife-handing, maybe I could have clapped. Yeah. I, I don't know. Just assimilated a little bit more. Yeah, I still think, fuck that guy. Yeah, but, 100%. Um, like, yeah. Uh, well, anyway, that's, um, I think that's, points out pretty obviously where we're going wrong with shit yeah so what you said the you going off at a 65 year old who's just trying to save money to go on a camping trip that was when you realized hang on yeah yeah and then tied into that was at the same time like i was 
in my in my relationship was starting to struggle um because yep. like the drinking was still continuing and um i just don't i ne- have never liked talking or opening up about feelings or anything like that um but so yeah going in i didn't last very long and it, i just didn't feel like i was getting anything out of it that first time um so i ended up just kind of giving up and then this is the counseling yeah yeah the counseling yep. and then um kind of uh it'd go in cycles where it'd, it'd escalate to a point where i'd do something bad enough that i would kind of go okay yes i need to pull my head in and i'd pull my head in for a little bit and then it would slowly escalate again and i think i went through i'm, I'm still kind of going through that that cycle really i think yeah well we're definitely we're still figuring everything yeah, out. That's, yeah. that's why we're doing this i guess like we don't have the answers we haven't completely figured it out but no fuck no <laughs> we're doing this i mean we're drinking now. We said, oh, you know, yeah, yeah, just we should never, yeah, yeah. We should, we're just the coffee. We should never catch up, talk about our issues over alcohol. Well, I'm a beer and a rum deep, and you're on your second stein. I would have had to die hard, really. Mm, yeah. This is a double. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I should have gone. No, I'm glad I didn't go with the rum. Mm. So, what, what, so, what were your signs and symptoms? Like, what were your, what, what did make you finally realize or, or made you actually want to go and seek help? Um, Probably the big thing was, and she's here today, so I've got to be careful what I say here, <laughs> arguments with my wife, mm. I wouldn't handle them properly. Like, I'd go, if there was ever an issue, and it could be something minor. So how long, how long ago was this? Oh, mate, not that long ago. Like, probably, we're talking months, probably. But this would have been happening the last yeah, few yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. So, so like, the, when you first realised... Or the first time. Oh, so the what, first what, time. Yeah, what led you to the first time you went and like, fuck, nah, I need to go on. Well, the first so, time, the first doctor I went and saw was a result of uh, my ex telling me, you need to go talk to someone because it's like I'm living with a ghost. Mm. And that was just after we got back from Afghanistan where I didn't want to talk to her, I didn't want to talk to family, I just wanted to talk to you and the boys. Yeah, And yeah. that was it. I was at home and I'd just watch army stuff over and over and over again. Army docos, helmet cam footage. Yeah. But that carried on for years. And it's only recently, like a month or two ago, that I've made a decision. You know what? Stop watching military movies. Stop watching... Stop looking at old photos and stuff. Like, just start cutting that out because mm. it's not you anymore. But, yeah, it took someone else to tell me, hey, you're acting like this. Go see someone. And then only recently, when I've decided to go talk to someone again, it was, yeah, my behaviour again. Mm. You know? So what I was saying before, like, arguments with the wife where... It'd be over something little that probably didn't need to be an argument. But if I perceived it as like a, a weakness or something, she's looking at me now. <laughs> if I identified what I would consider a weakness while we were in the army, yeah, then I'd latch onto that. And like we were saying before, you either beast it out of someone till they either... Tough love. Tough love. Yeah. Till they either get to yeah. your level or they quit. Yeah. I didn't want her to quit. I just wanted her to get to my fucking level. I see potential in you. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I see potential you? with you. I'm proud of you. <laughs> um, yeah, that's so funny because I, I, I used to do, I, I still do the same thing with Madison. I know you do. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and I like, afterwards I realise, I'm like, oh my God, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. And a lot of AJs I talk to these days, like after, I was at a party recently and it was after we did the, I did the first episode with yeah. Jace. And I was telling about the podcast and everything. I was told him my theory on, you know, PTSD. Obviously, that's a real thing mm. with soldiers. I'm not yeah. taking anything away from guys who have that. 
but uh, I think it's also a label that gets thrown at just about anyone who's served these days. Yeah. And he was telling me, you know, oh, I've been diagnosed with PTSD and I told him about my theory of the whole identity crisis and not having that culture and we just don't fit into civilian yeah. life. And uh, he's like, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And I mentioned, I go, just about every age I spoke to, they, they have relationship issues. They speak to their wife a certain way. And yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I do that. Mm. You know, and there's all these traits along the way, all these little signs I've noticed. You know, you either, when you catch up with your mates, like your AJ mates, you drink to excess, you all talk about the old days. You all, mm. We're all stuck in that yeah. past. Like, remember we all went out recently, like uh, a couple months ago. Yeah. It started off good. Mm. And then you just, there was that moment where alcohol took over everyone. And, and yeah, the, the scales tipped and then we all slid down. Yeah, and it just became really depressing. I mean, it was, it was, it was a good night, but, mm. you know, starting to get to an age where, I mean, especially for yourself, because you, you've got a young fella and mm. like that, my, myself and my partner, um, we're about to start trying for a kid as well. And it's like, especially the night, the, the day after or the morning after you're thinking, I've just wasted a, a lot of money and, you know, I'm not in a really good shape to be dealing with, with my partner or my kid or... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that's... And it's hard for guys who've just left the army. They're either still in or they've only recently left. You, you tell them these theories and they, they don't believe you. Mm. That's fine. Because they don't have that experience... Well, that time in civilian life again to realise, oh, hang on, I do have an issue. Well, I think it's a bit of a vicious cycle because like, like you were saying with that, you know, that, that looking for weakness and, and weeding it out is, is, I think it's part of that mentality of like if someone's saying those kinds of things about how like that culture, because especially drinking such a big part of, uh, of that yeah, life and, and, and whatnot. And if you kind of turn around and say, oh, I'm, I'm getting away from that or whatever, it's, it's maybe not necessarily weakness, but it's. You know, it's like, oh, no, nah, he's just, you know, he's, he's leaving the family now. He's going, he, you know, he, he's um, di diverting or changing his priorities. But it's like, it's kind of like, it's not me. Like, and I still go through that now, like trying to figure out what I want to do with my life and yep. where I am. Because I've, I've <laughs> re-enlisted and I'm back, I've been back in for two years now. Well, and I remember when, how long, how long ago was it that you re-enlisted in the army? Almost two years. Almost two years. I remember when you were living in Gundawindi and you were posting. I knew from phone calls you weren't happy. Mm. And then you called me and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm going to get back in. I was like, don't do it, <laughs> Don't do it. Why would you do that to yourself? Yeah. But. Oh, I'll tell you what, man. Yeah. I, after I got there, I had no regrets. Like, yeah. I was, because I got there a week early um, and was in hold, holding platoon for a week, but. Nervous, I was like, "Oh my god, what have I done?" Blah, blah, blah. But like after the first couple of days, I was like, "No, nah, I made the right decision." Like, yeah. I think it was more the job than just being back in the army. But um, so, how long have you been back in now? It'll be two years, July. Two years uh, in July. Week. Yeah, man. But I reckon. So when you first got back in, talking to you and catching up with you, I was like, I didn't know if that was the right decision for you because it seemed mm. like you were going down a funny path, like you were taking up the drinking again. It was yeah. like you are reliving the glory days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, since, 100%. Yeah. But since we started catching up and actually talking about, hey, I've got an issue and you saying you've got an issue and we're trying to be kind of working it out, since you made that decision to talk about what you've been going through, you seem happier in that job oh, now. Oh, dude, it's, it's ridiculous. It's like you've got perspective now. Yeah, because, and I don't know why it continuously surprises me, but I mean, well, that, that last time I called you, what was it, last Friday? Or, yeah. Or whatever day, yeah. or Thursday, whatever day that was. Because um, I, I just had my second uh, counselling session with a new, new therapist and uh, it was, it was kind of, 
it was a, it was kind of funny because we just like just started getting into like um, somewhat heavy shit from my childhood, and uh, she goes, "Look, sorry, unfortunately, Shane, we've we'll run, we've come to the end of our hour, and um, we're going to have to just take this up next week." I'm like, "Okay, too easy. Uh, <laughs> I'll see you then." So you know, like you know, you walk out, you get go, go and jump in the car, and it's like I was just like, "Holy." Fuck, I don't want to be thinking because it's like there's shit I hadn't thought about in a very long time or even. So what'd you do after the after you left there? What'd you go and do? Uh, I went back to work. Um, got to work and like we were a little bit busy because we had to get a bit of bit of stuff done like non techs and shit like that. Um, and I just I don't know, man. Like my head was just not in it at all. Like, yeah. I had all this really nervous energy like i couldn't stop my leg from like you, you like you, you jiggle your knee like i'm just, just doing that all fucking day and i think you messaged me that afternoon or because i don't have reception down there once i jumped my car i saw a message from you and i gave you a call and um i kind of opened up a little bit about how my day went and, yep. and whatnot and it probably wasn't until half an hour later that i even felt better but like just having that conversation having someone who understands kind of what I'm going through and being able to be open and honest with you about it. Like, it, I don't know why it keeps surprising me, but every time I do it, I feel better. So like, hopefully I can keep remembering to do that kind of thing. Yeah. But it was, it was pretty fun. I don't know if I told you about it, but on the way, on the way home, I couldn't work out what it was. Like I just had this weird feeling like something was different. I couldn't, I couldn't, um, I couldn't put my finger on it. And it was like, um, it's like in my mind, I was like looking around corners, looking for something like there's something that just wasn't there. And, I couldn't work it out. And it was kind of like when you, you know, if you sleep next to a water pump or something all your, all your childhood and all of a sudden the pump stops, you wake up and you're like, what the fuck's going on? Like there's an absence of something. Something's yeah, missing yeah, from yeah. the thing. And I, it wasn't until I got home that I realized that that voice in my head that like pretty much all day was just like, ah, oh, it's all fucking pointless. You should just neck yourself. <laughs> Had stopped. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's fucking, that's so good. That's, oh, sweet, I've got to talk to Tommy more often. <laughs> oh, I know I should laugh, but fuck, that's No, but funny. I, I think that, um, well, uh, I'll finish it up with... Well, I know there's a positive no, spin, because no, you're still here, and yeah, there's yeah. no belt around your neck, so... I had so. To, well, I had to go to the shops to get, um, to get dinner, and um, there was some... Uh, I was trying to remember it, but I can't remember what the pop song was, but there was uh, one of the women, one of the older ladies that was working there walked past me, and she was humming along to it, and there's like some, you know what I'm like, I fucking hate pop and all that crap. And she was humming along to it and like, you know what, that's really nice. That's, that's really, what a beautiful world we live in. Like, you know, she just, whistle while you work. What, what, this is awesome. This is fantastic. You know, like just that 180 from like, oh yeah, so if I, um, I'll get home before Madison. I've got a bit of spare garden hose at the back. I'm pretty sure there's duct tape in the bottom drawer. I'll just, if I park on the other side of the highway, that way she won't find me. Jesus you know, Yeah, so like that 180, like, yeah. <laughs> well, this took a turn. Yeah. But I mean, that's why, that's that's the one of the main reasons why I want to do this podcast is yeah. I feel like a lot of people who talk about, and I know you've said this before as well, is like, uh, like what, who, Beyond Blue, um, Black, Black Dog, I think it is, or... It's talking about like... Uh, yeah, like... Uh, or like the men's health. Yeah, men's health yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. I yeah. mean, they do amazing work. Um in everything they do, but I don't know, there's something that, anytime that stuff comes on the TV or I see it, I don't, I, I just, I shy away from it. I don't want to think about it because it's like, it's just so serious and. Uh, well, yeah, that's like, that's not, 
especially for our community, like as in military or yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. You know, like, law yeah. enforcement or emergency services. I know that's not like you see those ads and it's so serious. And well, you know, I don't want to go to a meeting and talk to someone seriously about this stuff. Whereas I'd rather talk to you or the boys and have a laugh yeah. about it and go, hey, this is what's going on. Like, you just did there, mate. Like, yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah. that's a fucking serious issue. Yeah, a, a yeah. serious thought that went well, through I mean, head. yeah, and like, I am seeing someone to deal with, with this shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to... So that's also, gonna, you can't just joke your way through this I'm shit. I'm not going to uh, sit here and let you get pissed and go, right on, mate, well, uh, thanks for doing the podcast. There's your keys, your car keys. Um, I know you've got an hour and a half drive back. Um, hope you don't fall asleep. Um, I'll see you next episode. Like, yeah, obviously, we have a laugh and stuff, but yeah. I, like, I know you're seeing someone and that's that's how we deal with it we're open yeah. but we have to do it in a funny way yes yeah well i think that's just part of it like if you don't laugh you're gonna cry yeah and it's like again you talked about beyond blue and then there's our way of dealing with stuff that's well no like like the, the, there's a place for it. i think it's just like in terms of how people get into therapy or how people perceive because uh, actually while you were talking to um jason in the last interview where he, I think he referenced how he seen those ads on television for, you know, uh, these are the signs of depression, da, 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 and he said like, that's not me, like, yeah. nah, that's not me, because yeah. like it's, it's, I think people think like you're fra- like if you have depression, you're a fragile teacup, like yeah, you, you got to talk, you got to be like real careful, real calm, like oh no, you'll fucking shatter and fall to pieces, and yeah. and it's not like 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 I still go to work every day, like I fucking I put in like it's yeah. it's, it's you just it's, own it, and go, yeah, hey, yeah, just every now and then. I mean that's just how I work through it. It's not going to yeah. be the same for everyone. Like I'm in a certain stage of this process, and every now and then you just need to take a moment and go, hang on, fuck, I feel like shit today. Yeah, give me a sec. And like, that's, yeah, that's what's working. Social media at the moment, you know, it's all everyone's like, oh, you got to. <laughs> you got to get out there and do a workout and stick to this diet. And, you know what I mean? I mean, you see these posts and everyone's like ripped and like, yeah, I fought depression. Look at me now. I'm ripped. And, you know, mo- hashtag motivation Monday. Make Monday suck you off and fucking attack it. It's like, fuck that, mate. Like, I'd rather sit here like we're doing now. Yeah, okay, I'm sure that works for some yeah. people. Uh, yeah, it does work. And yeah. obviously, I'm not saying health is an important thing. You yeah. definitely work out and eat right. But I'm not going to... I feel like it's putting a, a, a false sense of... Oh, what's the word? Like you, you, you set this goal for yourself that's not always attainable. Like well, if, you, yeah, if you're going, if you're really, if you like, and this is from my personal experience, yeah. if you're really down, and I'm scrolling through so, social media, I'm looking for help, and then I see this like jacked dude who's on every sub, and he's like, yeah, I just fucking woke up on Monday, did a workout, now look at me, I'm fucking killing it. This can be you. I'm like, fuck off, mate. <laughs> like, no, that's I do not feel like doing that. Like. I'd rather catch up with someone, talk about my problems, like we're doing now, yeah, yeah. and then I'll get through it. You know, and I think that's what I'll, everyone's putting this stigma of. Oh, you got it, you got to work out, and you know, all these fitness groups get together, and your me- your mental health will improve. And yeah, it will to a certain degree, but there's a point where you how do the, need to talk about what's going on. How and the fuck up. do you even start that though? It's like. You know, oh, you're just feeling like a bigger piece of shit because you're not going to the gym three days. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if I'm like, yeah, fuck you, yeah, I'm going to get over my depression, and then I miss a workout and eat a pizza. I'm like, oh god, babe, where's my belt? You know, like, yeah, that's what I'm kind of hoping. Like, because well, because I only want to like, I'm very selfish. I just want to get something out of this. I enjoy talking shit, and mm. maybe we'll work work through some stuff together. But I mean, hopefully, anyone who listens to this will might get something out of this, and like, just understand that like, it's not. Um, it doesn't always have to be serious. I mean, like it's the therapy and all that. It's whatever you make it like, and it's not exactly for, the, for us. This is therapy. Yeah, like we're getting through. Like this is us working out. We don't have the answers. 
No. It's like we're definitely not experts. I'm doing a double shot of fucking rum right now <laughs> on a Saturday afternoon after finishing night work at 6 a.m. Like, and then I've got to look, look after my kid later on. So, you know what I mean? Like, do I have the answers? Probably not. You're probably not going to look to me for the answers. But, you know, we're working it out. No, yeah. So hopefully, yeah, like, it's getting... The hardest thing, I think, is just taking those first steps towards, like, actually recognising it and seeking help and, re and kind of realising that once you're over that, that first hurdle of going and talking to someone, even if it's not um, necessarily a psychologist or a therapist or a counsellor, if you have anyone that you can just go and talk to and go, this is what I'm going through, I don't want, you know, necessarily treat me differently or, or I want time off work or anything like that. It's just, mm. I need to get something off my chest. Like, you can kind of, if you can keep that going, that's what will... That's what's helped me anyway. Yeah. And I think I agree with you. And for me, it's like I said before, owning it. Like if you're, you're going through something, you feel, you know, you've got depression, you talk to someone. Fuck it. Don't shy away from it. No, lean so, into it. Let it do the work. Yeah. Lean into it, man. Let the hill do the work for you. <laughs> like that's what it's all about. Yeah. So, you know, when people, since that first episode said, why, why the podcast? I think that's, that's it. Obviously from... We've both got that military background, like yeah. still in. Now I work in like the policing community. It's the same in emergency services. Like there's so many people that are burnt out that are going through something. But yeah. No no one says anything. Well I think that's that may be the one thing that's starting to change and like that's helped it helped me um, when I got back in again was um, starting to see a therapist again and they helped me get through um, the end of last year and mm. um, it's kind of like realising that just because you're going to see a counsellor doesn't uh, necessarily mean you're going to get taken out of your unit or out of your team or anything like that. It's just like, I just need a top up of um, motivation. I just need to get something out of my head because it just keeps going on and on and there's nothing wrong with that. And, yeah. I, and I've found, especially um, in the army uh, now, my, my boss and my sergeant, holy shit, they have been... Uh, so supportive of the whole whole thing, especially because I came out first and said, "Look, this is what's going on. This is how I want to tackle tackle it." Um, they're like, "Yep, hundred percent support you." Um, and even after that, um, I had other uh, uh, another sergeant come up to me and go, "You know, how you going? Um, I'm I've been going through the same thing. I'm currently doing this, that, and the other." And it's like, "Holy shit!" And all of a sudden, like, I think uh, you might have been saying the same thing the other day, like. You know, there, there, there's a lot more people like I would never have pegged this guy to come and talk to me as the type to come and see. Like he's one of the most switched on guys I've ever met in my life, and he's like, "Yep, yeah, going through the same kind of thing." It's like, holy shit. Yeah. So, you know, it definitely doesn't preclude you from doing anything that you want to do. All it is is a matter of like, shit. I just need to go and talk to someone occasionally. Yeah, and I think like military, emergency service, everyone's catching up, realizing what we do do, whichever role you take. It's yeah. not normal. Like I said before, what's normal? Take the infantry role. Like we're talking about the best way to ambush an enemy, the best way to clear a battlefield and mm. fight through, and then when you're out of rounds, attach bayonets and yeah, start yeah, stabbing yeah. people. You know, we're, in training, we're staying awake for three or four days, digging pits, getting attacked. And then when you're not training, when you're at your battalion, just day to day, mm. there's that you know, alpha male culture where everyone's trying to be the biggest, baddest soldier ever and yeah and it comes just normalized in your head like that's that's normal yeah that's, that's normal perfect. that's how normal people yeah. act and know? that's i right. think that's why it's so hard to um it's an indicator <laughs> thanks mate a couple of waters now thank you yeah i think that's a um an indicator for why we um we don't it's so hard to to go back into uh, a civilian role and 
mm. um, you know, understand that, you know, people, <laughs> if you're working in some boutique somewhere, you can't yell at someone and like expect them to hang around. Like, yeah, it's exactly. just not going to happen. Yeah. And that's, I think, for the modern soldier now, like that's getting out is you do need to look at your behavior because... I think that's the big thing is we're so attached to that culture. Yeah. It's easy to miss. We have this romantic view of it oh, when we yeah. look back at it. But, you know, everyone's relationships struggle. They struggle when to find work. Like that bloke I was saying before that I was talking about that party, um, you know, he was saying that he struggled a bit with interacting with normal people. Mm. And there was a, a thing I, I said to him that I did and that he agreed where when I first got out, Multiple times I was living near Carindale at the time. I'd go to the shopping centre. I'd be by myself. Mm. I don't know what it was. I'd get this moment of panic because it was just too crowded. And mm. I'd find, yeah. I'd always go to a bookstore to the back corner and I'd just stand there with a book for like 10, 15 minutes to calm down. Yeah. And he said he did the same thing. I'd come in with it where it was a bookstore, but yeah, yeah. he'd panic in a shopping centre. And it's like, what? What? It, there's obviously something going on. I don't think it's, it's nothing we were exposed to overseas. It's nah. just... You're surrounded by people that aren't like you anymore and no. we feel like we don't fit in. We've got our own language, the way we walk, the way we talk, our mindset, everything's different and then we're thrown back into civilian life and we just don't feel like we fit in anymore. Well, we don't. I mean, and a lot of the time is you get jaded and you get out but half the time I think why it doesn't... I mean, you you had your plan and you, you stuck to it but I mean, even that, like, because I was about to say, like, oh, you know, have a plan and that'll help you get out because I... And I was like, yeah, I'll become a fiery. That'll work out for me. You know, well, it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be so hard on yourself, mate. <laughs> no, but um, even with that, even with the like, most carefully crafted plan, you know, you get that job and all the rest of it, like you were saying, there's that behavioural side of yourself that you're going to have to come to terms with and you're going to have to realise that <laughs> people will not, you know, mm. they're not going to tolerate or put up with you talking to them in the same way that you would someone who's not, you know, picking up the slack back in your, whatever unit you come from. Yeah, that's right. Mm. And it is, it's something you, it takes time. You can't do it by yourself. No. Because you have a, we have such a biased view of what, (laughs) how people should act, what what the world should be like. It doesn't work. For me, I was lucky enough to go straight into police, which is a paramilitary kind of thing. So it was an easy transition work-wise, but you're working with people who aren't, military so personalities can clash but also now i've got you know i've got a family now that makes you realize oh hang on my behavior really isn't helping anyone here you know so it's hard for like vets that get out and they're young dudes that are just single it's going to take them a while to figure Mm. out that not so much the culture's the problem it's just they're hanging on too tight to what we had and that does the tools we use when we're in the army to fix problems, yeah, yeah, aren't the yeah. tools that work on the outside. Yeah, you need to yeah. pick up some new ones. We need to acquire some new tools to deal with problems. Like you can't use the same tools in the army to deal with issues with your relationship. Exactly. Yeah. Going yeah. back to what you were saying earlier about how, how you, you recognize a problem in your partner and you're like, well, the best way to sort this out is I'll give everybody a tough love of like... When we know, say tough love, no, not yeah, physical, yeah, yeah. okay? <laughs> I just want to confirm there is no domestic violence. When Cloppy says, when Shane says tough love, 
I'm referring to get over your problem. Okay? Yeah, yeah. It, it's a, I'm not uh, talking once for warriors, <laughs> Jake the Must style tough love. No, she cooked the eggs. She, it was fine. She, does, she did cook the eggs. It was good. No. It didn't um, escalate. No. No. I'm, yeah, no. When I'm saying tough love, I'm talking about, it's like, okay, well, you have, you, you know, well, for example, if my partner... Um, is having issues at work and you know and all she wants to do is just vent and that's all she needs she doesn't need me to fix her problems for her yep. which is why i think you know, a lot of males do that is you know that if your partner's telling you a problem and you're just like oh oh well simple just say this that and the other and, yeah. then, and then you know the next day she's coming home she's she's telling you the same thing again and it's like did you say did you do what i told you to do? <laughs> yeah did you do what i told you to do yep and um but they're not looking for a solution they just they just, just want to vent they just and we're, not, vent. we're not used to that from our old no. culture it's like Okay, there's a there's a problem. Here's a solution. <laughs> do it. Overcome it. If yeah. that doesn't work, then you quickly just, find the next next solution and try that. You just keep trying to yeah. overcome it. But yeah, it, it's it, it's so hard to work around when you're used to that culture and you've been surrounded by people that think like us. Yeah, you, you know that's the other thing. Right? We're surrounded by all your mates thinking think exactly the same. We all taught the same, and then you know since we left, we don't get to see each other all that much. All mm. our core group of mates you know remember we called ourselves a family every day yeah. we'd knock off work and all you boys would come around my house out of Kedron someone would put their hand up every every night it was different yep I'll cook dinner tonight boys and yeah. we'd all be at my house you know someone would cook dinner and we'd just talk smack normally about work and then that's gone Yeah. and then you've got new people around you that don't talk about the same stuff don't talk the way you do you know you, you go oh here I've got a good joke for you you know and then it is completely <laughs> inappropriate you're like Fuck, what you, what's wrong with you guys? Do you want me to... Re I'll repeat it and say it louder. You know, like... like what? Yeah. Why is everyone looking at me like I'm nuts? Yeah. yeah. But in short, I think that's... Yeah, so the podcast idea is us dealing with our own issues, trying to figure it out, but trying to get something out of um, anyone else we have. Obviously, we had Jace in the first episode. You know, not... Uh, no military background, no emergency services background, but I think, you know... Depression is depression. Yeah, affects everything. I think, and from what I've heard from the feedback, there's a lot of people that got something out of that. So that's kind of our plan, I'd say, for this, is to talk to a wide range of people um, mm. about going through it and us getting something out of it, but also for the person we're interviewing to get something out of it and for anyone listening, hopefully, to get something out of it as well. Yeah, I mean, and um, I think where we're going to take it into the future is... Uh, trying to continue to get interviews with people from um, emergency services backgrounds and, yep. and people not necessarily uh, with those kind of backgrounds that um, so more so for us or more so for me than anyone else because I'm a selfish person but yeah I've always said, I've always said that <laughs> yeah yep. that's true um, to try and get something out of it like how they deal with things or um, any solutions that they've had or their experiences and try and learn from what other people have already gone through um, because I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of people on social media spruiking awareness, and I oh, I think the time has come and gone for uh, awareness. I think we're all quite aware we're, that, we're, we're that all aware. issues exist in the world, and that yeah. the world isn't a uh, a fair place, and that there are issues. And, and um, yeah, we don't need you to do a hundred fucking burpees or push ups. Yeah, filming yourself. We're we're all aware, mate. Sit down. We're all aware. Um, <laughs> like. Well, I don't, I don't know what you say. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm sick of that shit. Like, it, every just, time it just makes me laugh. Like, it... Uh, I don't know. It, 
<laughs> I, know, I, know, I know exactly your full face. I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, like this, this like you're saying, this isn't a place where we're raising land. Everyone's aware. We just want to figure it all out and yeah. talk about what's going on. So I think that's why we want to do this. And we've started off strong with talking to Jace. And this episode's more talking about our issues and why we're doing it. Um, yeah, and hopefully it's a bit of an um, indication of where we're going to take it. Uh, how we plan to kind of keep the... Um, Oh, what do you call it? The um, style of the show, I guess. Like it's it's a bit rambly. It's a bit. It's a little bit all over the place. But it's hopefully it comes across as just two guys just trying to talk through through some shit, and then we'll get some articulate people on who can. That'd be nice, wouldn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, it would be. Good. Yeah, maybe people. Who more don't. people like Jason. Yeah, yeah. We need more Jasons in the world. Yeah. Bless us. Uh, well, mate, I'm. I think I'm one of the waters now, so... Yeah. Okay, well, that's uh, episode two of the Maladjusted Monkeys. Thanks for listening. Like, share, subscribe. And uh, Shano, drive safe, mate. (laughs) Cheers, mate.